Hello, Charlie Redding here from Official Portfolio. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fit Finance Session podcast. Um, I'm joined today by um, the advisors at Official Portfolio. So we've got Tom Senegals. Hello. Henry Elliston. Hi. Dan Smalley, our mortgage advisor. Hi. And Tim Webb. Hi, everyone. Uh, and today, you know, we're all in lockdown at the moment. We're tidying our houses, doing DIY. We're, the garden's in the best shape it's ever been in. Um, it's, it's an opportunity to get our house in order. And of course, this uh, same opportunity applies to our finances. It's a great opportunity to get our finances in order at a time in, in life, you know, you know, to get some of those things done that we don't never quite get around to doing. Um, and so uh, let's kick off then, Tim, by thinking about as we've gone through the, uh, into the new tax year, what's one of the first things people might want to be thinking about with regards to their finances at the start, at this time of the year, at the start of the tax year? Well, I think the, the most bread and butter uh, pot, if you like, um, that is widely considered to be um, one of the most basic uh, items is your ISA allowance. Um, so just to remind everybody, so that's a £20,000 per tax year per person allowance that you can pay into uh, any form of, of ISA. Um, generally speaking with our clients, we're talking about stocks and shares ISA, but really that's the, the main uh, main thing which you want to be doing as soon as you can into the new tax year. Um, the reason being at the beginning rather than the end is because uh, we want to maximise what tax-free growth your money's going to be getting uh, whilst it's in that pot. Um, so yeah, that, that's really the, the number one that, that I would suggest. Uh, in terms of the uses that that has from a financial planning perspective um in the sort of short to medium term it's you know it's, it's a tax-free part uh, tax-free growth tax-free withdrawals that can be made from it um that will sort of meet any medium term uh, objectives that you you want to to be able to fund um more long term though looking towards retirement um generally speaking we really want to be using that every year if if possible clearly it's, it's done on feasibility but having uh, the benefits of the ISA part in tandem with pensions, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, um, will give you much more flexibility with uh, your income and your tax position ultimately um, in, in the last years of life. Those allowances really are valuable, aren't they? And, uh, and of course they are on a use them or use, use them or lose them basis. So if you don't use this year's ISA allowance up, you can't, can't play catch up in future years. So it really is uh, an important allowance to use up. And Tom, coming on to you, what other things should be people people be thinking about at the start of the tax year? Um, yeah, a, a bit like ICE is the the next tax wrapper, or in conjunction with ICE is to look at is is pensions, and everyone can make a pension contribution subject um, to forty thousand pounds in in any one year. However, they do have to have relevant earnings um, to be able to make that contribution. So if you earn £25,000 a year, then you can make a contribution of £25,000 um, and, and vice versa, depending on, on your earnings. Um, that's up to £40,000 a year. But even if you don't work, you can still make a contribution of £3,600. You're allowed that every year all the way up until age 75. Um, the, the other thing that's changed recently in terms of pensions is quite a lot of high earners were, were being penalised over the last few years um, with regards to the tapered annual allowance. That's been significantly increased um, in, the, in the recent budget. So rather than the taper starting at 150000 it now starts at 240000 
and um, even if if your um, pay is is uh, below two hundred thousand, not including pension contributions, etc., then you don't um, you don't fall under that legislation. So a lot of public sector workers, like doctors, teachers, have suddenly started getting hit with some tax bills, and I think there's been a lot of political pressure on something that was maybe pushed through quite quickly um and so people in those earning brackets whether they're um multi-millionaires or or, or not um were being severely um uh, impacted and it was causing people such as doctors to, to to not work which in the current climate um um is obviously well needed um so yeah uh tax efficient growth in there um really good tax benefits when you come to take it out um, really good death benefits as well and um, yeah um, they're the next sort of things on along the list uh, along with ISIS that you should be looking to make use of. And both of you have kind of talked about the importance of getting tax relief but of course ultimately the you know the reason that that's so important is it means that more money stays in the investor's pocket doesn't it you know the more more of the returns that stay in your pocket and the less that go to the tax man the quicker you get to retirement the quicker you get to financial freedom um, you know, the, the better it is. So it is really important. And, and Henry, touching, you know, carrying on that conversation around pensions, is, is there anything else that people should be doing to get their pensions house in order at, at this time of opportunity? Well, I mean, I often find with, with many new clients that I meet that they come to me with, with a multitude of pensions from the various different jobs and employments that they might have had through through their life. Um, and I think it's valuable to review those um, for a number of reasons. The first and obviously is cost. Um, undoubtedly, if you've got more than one pension scheme, one of them is going to be more expensive than the other. Um, secondly, I think the underlying investment strategy, and it will be highlighted at times, at times like this, the underlying investment strategy as to how one um, portfolio or one pension has performed against another. That may well be that one pension's taken considerably more risk than another, and that might be because you're a risk taker or actually you're quite cautious. And so having a look at your pensions and ensuring that they are um, invested in line with the levels of risk that you're happy to take is, is again, it's, pretty, it's, a, it's a sensible thing to do right now. And the other thing that I find with, with a lot of older pensions, certainly, is that they were written before the days of flexi-access drawdown and the, you know, the Lamborghini style, um, take all your money out of your pension at one time. Um, but in order to have that flexibility, you need to, be, you need to hold your pension in a, in a flexible contract. And as I say, not all the older ones are are so, so well set up. So, so it's a really great opportunity now given the beginning of the tax year and the uncertainty with this coronavirus as well as in, to have a look at those pensions and then perhaps start to consolidate them if you're missing out on some of those things and I would say um, particularly now that the market has fallen because you really will get a sense of which of your pensions is protecting you on the downside and not just making you a little bit of money while the sun's shining. Brilliant I think that, you know obviously we're right in the heart of a, of a very big market fall and so absolutely it's, it's a great opportunity to look at whether your money is as, as well protected as you hoped it might be um, and you know clearly these sorts of events can have a massive dent in people's uh, retirement strategy and 
And Tim, is there anything else, given that we are in this, this um, period of market low, is there anything else that people should be doing with regards to maybe the other, the other parts of their finances, um, other, uh, excluding their pensions? Um, well, I think almost following on from what Henry was saying, really, in terms of risk being taken at the moment, I think given that the last 11 years or so, we've had such a strong bull market, I think investors in general have had uh, well, clearly a very nice time of it, but almost lost sight of, of times when it isn't so good and therefore actually haven't really bothered too much from, from my experience to to look at what sort of risk has been taken in their investments, whether it be in a pension or, or not. Um, and actually now when, uh, you know, when, when I am looking at, at people's investments, they're, they're almost gobsmacked by how much they've uh, lost in, in these times. You know, when everything's going up and, and all, assets are appreciating generally speaking then uh, it's all happy days however uh, on the way down um it's it's about as as Henry was saying how much you're protected to that downside rather than um all compared to the general market um uh, some other conversations i've been having with clients at the moment in terms of their general position is whether or not now is a good time to be investing excess cash for example um this is a little bit of a double-edged sword to be honest because of course Yes, you know, relatively over the last eight weeks from where the market has been, we've, we've sold off massively, but of course that could continue. Um, so, you know, and trying to time the market is, is, a, is, a, is a fool's game really at, at that point. Um, generally speaking, though, I think there's a, there's a saying in the investment world, if you want to get out before the peak and in before the trough. Um, so, uh, you know, really some, some clients I've, 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 have put money in um, from a cash perspective, thinking that now actually in three to four years time, you might look back and, and thank yourself uh, for what you've done. Um, and it probably was a wise decision, but in the meantime, I appreciate it. it's quite a scary thought. Um, but generally speaking, you know, clearly now, uh, well, from, from the advice that I've been giving is to be holding a little bit more cash than you would do originally, if you are sat on an excess amount anyway. Um, just to sort of hedge your bets in case things do continue to go further south, which which I think they will do personally. Um, but um, but yes. But I think I think it's uh, you, you're absolutely right in that it's uh, it's the long term view that people need to think about. You know whether we're at the bottom of the market or not, you know, whether we've already seen it, whether it's still to come. Uh, you know, is anybody's guess really? But actually, it's not about whether you're at the bottom, sorry, what it's worth three months from now or even a year from now. It's really what it's going to be worth three or five years from now. And clearly it's, it's uh, the companies, the best companies in the world are significantly cheaper now than they were um, three months ago. Uh, and in the long run, it's likely to have been a good time to invest, whether you're at the bottom now or, or not. Um, yeah, whether the, the foot is at five five or five two five three, as you say, in five years' time, you, you're not you're not going to remember that, are you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it's 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 a great opportunity to investing, and also, as you say, reviewing those existing investments to see how well they've fared. Because anybody can make money in a rising market. It's whether you can um, be protected in a falling market that that is key. Um, and speaking yeah. of protection, obviously, there's a lot of worry about people people's jobs and, and things like that. But, but of course, there's a significant worry around people getting sick and being unable to work. Um, so is there something that people should be doing in kind of in that sense around getting their own financial house in order, Tom? Yeah, I think the current um, situation has brought, brought home a, a lot of um, 
concerns around income, particularly people who've always thought their the jobs are secure and nothing will happen to them. I, I think the reality is you never really know what's around the corner. I think um, no one would have predicted last year a, a pandemic on on this scale. Um, and whilst um, you you can't prepare against just not being able to work, um, there are steps you can take to protect yourself if, if you were to become uh, poorly over the long term. And, and that's through something called a, an income protection policy, where you can protect a large proportion of your income if you were unable to work due to sickness, ill health, whatever the, the condition may be. Um, and generally speaking, it's about finding um, the amount of cover that provides you with some support at a, at a budget that is reasonable for you. Um, the more cover you want, the, the more you can have. But um, often uh, we're advising clients how to get the most wider ranging amount of cover in various different scenarios um, to a budget that suits them. And I think we've definitely seen an increase in people suddenly, a bit like Tim was saying, whilst the sun's shining, it's not the biggest priority but I think a, a lot of those views start to come back into the foreground once you you realize um anything can happen in life yeah it is it's uh, you know I think that's a really important point and in fact actually our regulator even says that it's the most important piece of financial planning is income protection you know because ultimately you're putting a little bit of money aside to protect everything else you know if you if you lose your income through illness you're not going to be able to carry on paying into your pension or carry on paying into your ISA so it's a little bit of a side to underpin everything else and including you know repaying debt um, so coming on to you Dan what what should be people people be thinking about with regards to their debt and in particular their mortgage you know what what should they what should they be thinking about so I think well as, as most people probably seen the most publicized um, issue at the, the moment is is payment holidays which all lenders are have offered um, it's nothing new but are kind of advertising that now so that's you know help for those that have been furloughed or lost their income um, to some degree um, so all providers will allow you to to do this you have to contact them directly and you can have um, up to three months um, pause on your payments it's important to note though that after that period your lender will recalculate the amount that you owe over the, the slightly shorter term uh, and put your payment up slightly after this uh, period has passed hopefully um, so there's that to note some lenders are also considering um, clients allowing them to go on to interest only for, for up to 12 months to help reduce the payment um, and indeed if you've made other payments uh, during the term of your mortgage you, you can borrow that money back uh, and you know, use that for your payments or to help support your living so uh, lenders have been quite flexible uh, at the moment and I've, I've helped uh, a lot of clients with, with their questions and um, the best way about going that in their scenario so um, it's quite flexible uh, in terms of you know if you're in the process of buying a house um, lenders are still lending money uh, that pool has um, significantly tightened uh, in the last few weeks months um, many of the big lenders are capping at 60 65 percent loan to value um, and that's for for remortgaging and for purchasing so if you're still you know hoping to purchase a house it's not not impossible but it has got a lot trickier um, and a lot of the big lenders are accommodating for furlough income. So they'll take you know, that, that furlough income that you're receiving as, as your income. So that could affect your affordability, um, but the options are still there. Um, for those with existing contracts, product switches um, are unaffected at the moment. Uh, and they're, they're certainly making sense if you're likely to move on to the 
sign a rebel rate because you can save yourself some money um, quite efficiently in, in the short term if you're, you're coming to the end of your fixed period. Have you seen interest rates coming down on, on deals, given, you know, given that we've seen an interest rate cut? Are, are they coming down for people that are remortgaging? Well, there's only one lender, Halifax, so far has really reflected the drop in, in the Bank of England base rate um, to its historic low. Um, so all the other lenders have uh, either cut their products, um, a lot of the tracker products on the market have been taken away, uh, or the differential increased. So that saving has not really been passed on um, across the market, but pre this, this coronavirus um, crisis, you know, lending was already very competitive. So it's still competitive. Um, and as I say, one lender is, is still getting cheaper, but the majority are, are staying firm in, in the prime range values. Okay, brilliant. And, and Henry, coming on to you, Tom talked, you know, we've talked about protecting your income, we've talked about kind of reorganizing the debt. What about, what about your loved ones from a financial point of view? You know, how, how, do, how do we get people's house in order with regards to that? Well, I think Tom's absolutely right in, in the sense that income protection's probably the first priority, especially if you've got loved ones in the house and there's a chance of you losing, losing your job through, through illness. The last thing you want to do is then lose your income that presumably you're supporting the whole family with. Um, I think alongside that, the other, the other two obvious solutions are one, ensuring you've got adequate life assurance behind you. Um, and the other's critical illness. So the life insurance really that you're looking to put behind you is obviously in case you die. Um, and it's so that your family is supported, your loved ones are supported. Obviously, they're no longer going to have your salary um, or income to support them any further, but they may still have mortgages or debts um, that might want to be covered. Or indeed, actually, you might just want to simply put a family income benefit plan in to provide an ongoing income stream to maybe cover the cost of school fees or just the cost of living. Um, or in actual fact, you know, a whole of life plan, if you're aware that you've got an inheritance tax liability, for example, might be something that's worth considering. Um, and I think with all these things, even if you've got cover in place, what better time now when perhaps you haven't got so much going on at work just to review these policies to ensure that, one, they're, they're providing the cover that, that you and your loved ones need, and two, that they're still competitively priced because it's, a, it's an ever-moving market and you never know um, if the value of your cover could be found cheaper out there. Um, the other thing that I just add to that is your critical illness cover, and there's some some great new policies or newish policies that have come out in the market. So if you took critical illness out some time ago to protect your family in case you fell critically ill, it's well worth reviewing that to see if there's any better cover out there that might cover excuse me, more conditions um, and, uh, and, and at a keener price, perhaps with the added benefit of free gym membership, which I think one provider's offering. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and, uh, and sticking on the morbid sub subject of, of death, Tom, uh, anything else that people should be making sure that there is in place to, to keep the financial house in order? Uh, yeah, it's all a bit pessimistic at the moment um, for, for obvious reasons. But I, again, like a lot of these conversations, everyone, like Henry was saying, everyone's 
busy in their day-to-day lives and now's a good time to get things like wills in in order i think um uh, generally across the market this would have been a 50 percent increase in in people inquiring and, and taking out wills because it's often one of those things put to the bottom of the pile and it only takes an event like this to really make sure that actually um are my children getting the assets that i want to to leave them or, or actually if i've got a com- complicated family scenario particularly on second marriage have i made it equal across all the parties and particularly if you're at home and you've got the family around you maybe it's time to be having these conversations and um because a lot of a lot of people don't want to have those conversations but it, i think it's important in this day and age with everything going on to have that conversation and and everyone um have a clear plan of what they want to happen and, and everyone else knows what's what's involved i was chatting to a rather outspoken australian advisor recently about wills and he said that he tells people that um if they are selfish enough not not to have a will then their punishment should be to come back and and watch the mess that they create for their loved ones uh, in its absence that was rather a brutal but actually probably a, a fair reflection on you know people don't realize how much mess uh, uh not having a will creates for the people that are that they care most about at a time when they're having to really, um, uh, really struggle. Yeah, I think we end up picking up uh, the pieces quite quite a bit. There's quite a few cases over the years where we're helping that loved one go through probate, particularly on the financial side, and it's really it's really stressful for for the person going through that, and it's it's often very messy. So if if you can do the housekeeping and die neatly, as they say, um, uh, it gives your loved ones time to focus on what's important. Yeah. And, and Tim, anything else along those lines with, um, with, you know, like making sure your, your will is in place, anything else that people should be ticking off while they've got the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, continuing this morbidity train, um, uh, something to consider you know if if something were to happen to you not so severe that you were to die but insofar as that you you were no longer able to make uh, important decisions for yourself then uh you know the things that are important to get in place are lasting power of attorneys lpas so um i think generally speaking this entire topic from a financial planning um, perspective is probably one of the easiest ones for, for British folk um, to sweep under the carpet. It's something which I want to, you know, I don't want to talk about that, as Tom quite rightly said, and typically that tends to be the response. But actually, given that we're, uh, you know, every time the TV's turned on, we're, we're, we're shoved in the face of, of how many people have, have died today, etc. cetera, um, it's definitely something which, which should be considered. So the LPA um, system is split into two different parts, essentially. So there's uh, one documents which you can draw up which uh, facilitates other people um, your attorneys uh, as they're called uh, to be able to make uh, health and welfare based decisions on your behalf and also the the other type is to uh, to make financial um, or property um, based decisions for you as well so uh, you know if something were to happen to you what well, for example a client which I'm doing one for at the moment unfortunately she's needed to go into uh, pretty much permanent care and her two uh, sons have what are, are her attorneys and we're in the process of, of selling down her investments to be able to fund the um, the uh, rather not so nice care fees um, each month but um, but yeah that, that's an example of, of how these things can be used. Brilliant and and to finish off this th- 
theme. Um, what about Henry? Do you want to add anything else to, to this uh, particular part of the conversation? Sure, yeah, yeah. No. I, I mean, I think actually going alongside what Tom, Tom and Tim have been saying there, I, I don't want to be too morose about this, but the, uh, the idea of just having that trust framework behind you, which, which sort of sits hand in glove with the wheel and the, and the lasting power of attorney, um, mainly just to ensure that anything that, that you bequeath um, on, on your deathbed, anything that your children inherit from you, is protected so that whatever befalls your children, um, should that be divorce, untimely death, um, bankruptcy or something like that, that actually that money is protected and remains within your bloodline and doesn't get dispersed going off to dishonorable spouses or, um, or creditors. And so I think it's really important if, if one hasn't put the trust framework in place yet just to have a look and see what best trust solutions are out there and how they might benefit from them. It's interesting, isn't it? Because in, in the US, they, they use trusts um, to protect their assets far more than we seem to in the UK. It's, uh, it's such a powerful way of protecting money to make sure it flows down through the bloodline and goes to the people that you want it to go to when you want it to go to them in the most tax efficient and protected way. And yet in the UK, it's not promoted that that much uh but um in the us it, it is more but it is uh, it is incredibly powerful planning well that gives us 10 areas 10 top tips uh, in fact there's way more than 10 tips in there but 10 areas that you can be getting your house in order your financial house in order so i hope that by listening to that you can get some ideas as to in this period of lockdown how you can get your financial house in order, make some big steps forward so that in the future, you could massively benefit financially from uh, the things that you did while you had the time at home to get organized. So thank you, Tom. Thank you, Henry. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Tim. Um, and uh, just wanted to say, stay happy and healthy out there, everybody. Um, keep listening to the Fit Finance session uh, and uh, we, uh, if we can be any help, whether it's with regards to your finances or anything else, we're always, uh, always happy to help. So please just get in contact with us. So stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, stay indoors, and uh, we'll speak to you again in the future. Thank you.